This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, what's good? Welcome back to another edition of the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. I am Blair Angulo, joined by Gabe Brooks. He covers the great state of Texas and other parts of the country down south. Gabe, how are you doing? I'm doing all right. What about you? Doing well. It's January, Gabe, and we've got high school football to talk about. What's that all about? Yeah, pretty unique circumstances. Still got the the 5A and 6A public schools. The big boys here in Texas are still playing and uh, just finished up the uh, state semifinal weekend in 5A and 6A. So the state championship matchups are set for next week at AT AT&T Stadium. Yeah, and that's why we wanted to have you on. It was a big weekend down in the state of Texas, not only with the state playoffs, but I know we're going to have coverage uh, of the Pylon 7-on-7, which is a big event for us every year and every recruiting cycle. But let's start at the top, Gabe, with Quinn Ewers, the Ohio State commit, quarterback, five-star prospect, number one player in the 2022 class, leading a a comeback of sorts, an upset victory, and he's moving on to a state championship game. Yeah, and you know the numbers that he put up, you know, his 34-27 win against Duncanville, which was the back-to-back uh, runner-up in 6A Division One, which is the largest classification here in Texas. That Duncanville defense is absolutely loaded. The numbers that Ewers put up are not going to jump out at you. 11 for 25, 168 yards, one touchdown, no interceptions, uh, six carries, 19 yards, and a touchdown. When you see that on paper, you're like, well, big deal. But the thing is, is that he started slow. He missed some throws early, but he he got more of a rhythm as the game progressed. And um, as cliche as it sounds, he did a really good job protecting the ball, valuing the ball, uh, not taking risks. He made some some really big throws on key third down situations in the second half. Again, this is against a defense that the front seven – uh, there's FBS and, and, and high major talent all over it. So, so to win this game, which again, you know, it's weird to say a perennial power with the number one player in the country for 2022 uh, was the underdog. But yes, South Lake Carroll was the underdog against Duncanville and viewers' uh, ability to keep them in the game and, and set up his running back Owen Allen, who's a 2023 kid who ran for almost 200 yards. That speaks to his his poise and and how calm he was against such a a great opponent, uh, and also to the you know you got to credit South Lake uh, South Lake Carroll's defense for pitching a second half shutout because they were they were down twenty seven twenty one at half and and won thirty four twenty seven. But but Ewers really made some big throws in the second half and limited mistakes, and, and it, it was kind of something where we've seen him put up monster numbers and have the you know the the big highlight reel throws and scrambles and all that but this was more of a he had to grit one out and he did that 
you know, Ohio State plays Alabama tonight in the college football playoff national championship. And and obviously, Quinn Ewers is headed to, to the next level to be a Buckeye. And I, it, it might be a silly question to ask you, but given, you know, how how strong of a, of a prospect he is, how good of a, of a player he is, but his potential in that Ryan Day offense and maybe his skill set translating to what they like to do at the quarterback position. We've seen Justin Fields take uh, tremendous leaps in, in his own development after his transfer in from Georgia uh you know we've seen it from from the quarterback position there in Columbus in, in years past is there something unique that you see in Quinn Ewers that makes you think that he, he's going to be a guy that's going to be leading the Buckeyes to to the college football playoff year after year and, and getting that invite to the to the Heisman ceremony well the thing about him that, that we've seen with recent past high-profile Texas high school football quarterbacks, such as Patrick Mahomes, such as Kyler Murray, such as Spencer Sanders at Oklahoma State, some of these these guys who are dual threat, but they when they break the pocket and they're doing off schedule and going off platform, their first instinct is not to tuck and run. It's they're looking downfield for receivers. And what makes him so dangerous, uh, what makes you so dangerous is that he's as comfortable standing in the pocket and facing the 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 blitzes that he faces because a lot of these teams that they they play they try to bring extra pressure because they know if they sit back there and, and let him have time that they really don't have a shot so he's as comfortable sitting in the pocket and delivering in the face of pressure as he is breaking the pocket making throws on the run he's really really uh, natural and in, in, in his body movement in space when he's out there on the perimeter uh, and, and not just throwing with his body but across his body he really you know 6'3 200 he physically has the tools he has the feel for the game and and for somebody who uh, you know the quarterback at South Lake Carroll is kind of a uh, a glamour position in Texas high school football it's the it's um, the Derek Jeter of the New York Yankees yeah yeah exactly it's you know that was Chase Daniel Greg McElroy um his head coach actually Riley Dodge the head coach at South Lake Carroll was kind of the first of of all of those guys uh, who was uh, he kind of got famous in the early 2000s for uh winning a state title where he, he threw up pre-snap and then took the snap and then uh, I think threw a touchdown pass so it's kind of been a glamour position and he Texas went viral before we you could go viral Yes, exactly. Yeah. And, uh, you know, yours is, is the latest in that line and looks like he's going to be the best one. So I think he's going to be a really good fit for Ohio State and their fans should definitely be fired up about him. We're joined by Gabe Brooks. He covers college football recruiting for 24-7 Sports. You can follow him on Twitter at Gabriel D. Brooks. Now, Gabe, Quinn Ewers was not the only high-profile quarterback to come out victorious in the Texas State Championships in the, in the playoffs heading into the championship games. Caden Salter, Tennessee-bound four-star quarterback, already signed, also had a, a tremendous performance for Cedar Hill. Yeah, and this was another one where where it was a uh, some early mistakes, um, lost two two fumbles in the first half, missed some shorter throws low, and then as the game went on, the poise and the really just the calm, like Salter has all year. You know, I've watched him against several teams with a lot of talent, with with some you know high profile names like Denton Geyer this weekend and then you know Alito and DeSoto and some of these other schools that have a lot of guys and 
he never panics. You know, every now and then he'll take a risk, but he knows that it's on him to make a play, and it's risks you can live with because he makes so many of those plays. But he he's really mobile, and he's another guy who is a natural, fluid, functional athlete when he breaks the pocket. They do a lot of stuff with him design, but he also will scramble and, and take off uh, if nothing's there uh, in the passing game. And I think we saw that yesterday. You know, he missed those throws early and still wound up 19 of 25, which you're going to take that every day of the week you know 19 to 25 190 yards a touchdown no interceptions he ran 31 times for 120 yards and a score and you know the yards per carry uh, aren't great but they're also indicative of just how physical and how much of a grind this game was you know they built a 24 to 10 lead and kind of had to hold off uh, Denton Geyer who you know they were led by Eli Stowers four-star who's going to Texas A&M and it was a, a game where Salter wasn't popping off big play after big play after big play, but he was converting big third downs. They had scoring drives uh, in the final three quarters of 12, 15, 16, and 17 plays. So this was sustained, methodical, offensive work here from Salter and Cedar Hill that that has to be encouraging looking uh, and, you know, as, as he projects to the next level. Uh, you know, I've only seen Caden Salter in person a, a couple times, but it, it's been in a seven-on seven set, setting and I, and I told this story to Andrew Ivins who covers recruiting down south in, in, the, in the state of Florida Georgia that that whole area and I told this story about Caden Salter on the early signing day edition of this of this podcast and when I when I saw Salter back in February of last year at the battle event in Las Vegas there was a coin flip moment where you know the, each team's trying to pick you know who's going to go first or who's going to defend first and, and whatever and the other quarterback was an unknown at that time Time, uh, no star prospect. He had three stars on 24-7 sports, but had no stars on the composite. Didn't have any power five offers by the name of Jackson Dart. Ends up being a top 24-7 quarterback. Signs with USC. But this was before all that. And Caden had no idea who he was. And he was playing you know, a bunch of players from the state of Utah. And Caden asked that quarterback, the other captain, who who he was. And 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 he had no idea who he was. And Caden's like, all right, well, I'm going to show you what a four-star quarterback is. And, and, and not to not to you know maybe say that he's arrogant or, or to say he's cocky or anything but I feel like that demeanor is what you like to see out of a quarterback and and I feel like his presence his ability to command that huddle I think is going to make him a star at Tennessee yeah I think you're exactly right about the personality and the demeanor it takes to be a quarterback a successful quarterback at that level you don't want your quarterback necessarily to just be a complete jerk to everybody he comes in contact with, but you want him to have some of that abrasiveness on some level in the sense of everybody in the huddle knowing who the boss is and who's calling the shots. And, you know, again, looking back at players in the recent past, like Patrick Mahomes and Kyler Murray and all like everybody at Allen which is the largest high school in Texas. And Kyler Murray's offense, he was the quarterback, and Greg Little was the right tackle, and Bobby Evans was the left tackle, and Jalen Guyton was his number one receiver. Everybody knew that Kyler Murray was calling the shots. And Patrick Mahomes is the same way. He was a three-sport guy, and in every sport, he was the unquestioned leader on the field or on the diamond or on the court as long as he was out there. And that's what you want to see. You want to see somebody who – 
who, is, you know, like you said, isn't necessarily arrogant, but has a little of the, I know I'm good. And this is, this is what I'm going to do. Um, you need some of that at the quarterback spot, no doubt. Yeah, it, it's definitely one of the intangibles that, that you have to look for, especially at the quarterback position. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back with more from Gabe Brooks. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome back to the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. Just wanted to remind you guys to listen to the College Football Daily Podcast hosted by the great Trey Scott. Trey has an in-depth discussion and great guests every day. And like this very football recruiting podcast, you can find it by searching College Football Daily on all your favorite podcast platforms. So you mentioned Eli Stowers earlier on. He's headed to Texas A&M, um, obviously a losing effort, but had uh, some, some flashes where uh, you can kind of see his potential didn't have the best day statistically three interceptions but I feel like the Aggies should be excited uh, about his tool set and what he's going to be able to bring to College Station well the the obvious things about Stowers are frame uh, 6'4 205 you know he's got the athletic profile as somebody who I believe as a sophomore was the 6A state champion in the high jump with a seven foot personal record in the high jump and when you see him getting the in the open field in the you know in the running game whether design or scramble or whatever the athleticism is obviously there you know, he had, had that bad knee injury in the state championship game last year and based on what he did running the ball this year he seems to be you know completely fine in the health department I mean he ran for more than a thousand yards 18 touchdowns the you know the 18 scores were a, a career high and he's a three-year starter for a, a very high profile program uh, in the Dallas area now the uh, like you said, he had the three interceptions. One was on the last play of the second quarter going into the half. You know, one was along the sideline that looked like a throwaway that he didn't quite get enough on it to get out of bounds. And a, a DB kind of fell under it and toe tapped. And uh, I, I think the third was inside the five on, on a third and goal where they had gotten backed up to like the 21. And he tried to throw a ball toward the, the right front uh, pylon and it, it got picked off. But uh, you know, he had a 61-yard touchdown run early in the game on one of those read keepers. The thing that, for me, that that is interesting is looking at last year's passing production compared to this year. And last year, he threw for 36 touchdowns and four interceptions. And this year, that ratio was 18 to 12. So the, there was there was not as much comfort in the passing game, it seemed like. I think he was every bit the runner he's ever been. We could still see the flashes of of excellence in the passing game. He's got a huge arm. 
he's fairly aware. Um, and, and, you know, he, he knows how to spin out of trouble and extend plays. But, you know, it, it is noteworthy to, to compare the numbers from one year to the next in, in, in the sense of uh, how he's going to project to the next level. I mean, to me, it sounds like he's a carbon copy of Kellen Mond. I mean, he, he just has so many of the same tools, the size, the ability to improvise, uh, and then he's able to hit some of these intermediate passing uh, attempts. He's not going to, you know, I guess, blow the roof off and, and put up huge numbers, but I think he's going to be a pretty steady contributor for the Aggies. Uh, moving on to, to Auburn signee Demetrius Davis, uh, also a losing effort, came from behind, but what Austin Westlake had a uh, had a had a come from behind win as well later on to uh, I guess unseat the defending state champion uh, Auburn. Auburn's getting a quarterback that at times is is pretty electric and pretty, you know, in a way kind of entertaining with the way he's able to move the ball downfield. Uh, new coach Brian Harson uh, arrives and he's going to be getting a quarterback that I feel has a potential to to be a really steady contributor for them. Yeah. And the thing about Davis is this is somebody who, uh, as a sophomore and junior, led his team to, and, and yes, they're loaded, but he led his team to consecutive 6A Division One state championships. Uh, they were going for a three-peat this year, you know, ran into an Austin Westlake team that is playing uh, a level of defense as good as anyone in Texas right now. But, you know, the, Davis, like yours or, or uh, you know, some of these other guys, the, the, the stats may not jump off the page, but he did have a pretty solid day having watched that game from start to finish. He was 10 to 19, 140 yards, one touchdown, did throw two interceptions. He ran 19 times for 67 yards and one touchdown. He played better than the, than the numbers suggest. And he had a couple of throws. He had one late in the game, particularly on, on a possession that ended up in a, uh, it was their last possession, a turnover on downs. He, he had a deep ball from around his own 10, I think, that 50 yards in the air, just right on the money to beat triple coverage. Uh, and it hit the guy in the, in the hands, you know, but he was outstretched and everything, but hit the guy in the hands and, and, and dropped it. And I mean, it was, it was one where I was thinking, you know, if, the, if that had been Shadrach Banks, the four-star A&M signee, who is uh, North Shore's best playmaker uh, at the skill positions, if that had been him, catching that ball that probably would have would have been a big play and a completion but you know Davis made some really good throws I think some of the questions are are the measurables when he misses he misses high I think think he has trouble sometimes staying on top of the ball but he's so good improvisationally and I think that that's something that is increasingly important at the quarterback position he's a very good runner he's a terrific uh, athlete in in a functional sense of making guys you know making the first rusher miss making the first guy at the second level miss when he gets loose um, and he has you know as much big game experience as a quarterback can have coming out of the high school uh, out of the high school game and that's that that's something even if the measurables are not exactly perfect in what you want to see winning as many games and as many high leverage situations as he has at the highest level of Texas high school football is definitely worth something yeah it should definitely count for something and, and obviously gives you um you know I, I guess some notches in that belt heading into the next level Gabe before we let you go 
go, let's move on to the 2022 class. It, it's now the the year 2021, and we're going to start focusing on this junior turning to senior class. Cade Klubnik had a, had a really good performance as well on, on that other side of that North Shore Westlake game. Um, and then were there any other 2022 prospects that stood out to you this weekend? Well, the, you know, in addition to, to Cade Klubnik, the pass rusher from Duncanville, Omari Awar, who is a top 20 player for us in the top 247 rankings for the 2022 class. He was an absolute terror in, in Duncanville's loss to South Lake Carroll. Uh, he's in the 6'4", 240 range. Uh, he's played a lot of basketball, so he's a, he's a multi-sport athlete, super physical, really twitchy off the edge, was playing a lot of snaps against South Lake Carroll uh, in a standing edge position, which I think really maximized his get-off and his ability to run the arc uh, and, and bend off the edge. But I think that he... He's somebody that, you know, he's already, I think, 19th overall for us, but I could still see him going higher because he seems he he's as good of a pass rusher as I have seen this year. And I have watched Duncanville a few different times uh, and, and every time, uh, like when they played, they played Cedar Hill and he had Caden Salter, I mean, running for his life the entire night. He's somebody who this is a, a, you know, quote unquote franchise type pass rusher who has a ton of potential moving forward. Yeah, a prospect that is definitely on, on five-star watch. Gabe Brooks, you're on five-star watch as well. Thank you so much for joining us. All right, man. I appreciate it. All right, that is Gabe Brooks. You can follow him on Twitter at Gabriel D. Brooks. He covers college football recruiting in the great state of Texas and the surrounding states for 24-7 sports. That will do it for us. Check back with us later this week for another episode of the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance. Avoid a war. From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town and they brought the flag. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You're going to find out. Mayor of Kingstown. New season streaming June 2nd, exclusively on Paramount Plus.